With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Tuesday, January 12th, and we are so fortunate. We are so indebted to all of you for thinking so much of us that you send us your most personal financial questions. And I want to just say that out loud because sometimes I just bang into the episode and, you know, we just, you know, have such a, uh, so many emails, but we know that it takes a lot of guts to put your stuff out there. So thank you for doing that. And uh, as a reminder, we're trying to put more of you guys and your voices on the air. So if you'd like to join us when you send us your financial question at askjill at jillonmoney.com, all you need to do is say, I want to come on the air with you. And if you don't want us to say your name, say, we won't, we won't say your name. It's okay. I promise. Just do that and let's get going. And thank you again. So here's an anonymous uh, emailer who says, hi, Jill and Mark. I've been listening to your podcast since the pandemic and it's been so educational. I've told so many friends about it because I think it's especially valuable to first and second generation immigrants and those who come from communities and families who never had access to this type of financial knowledge. I also love how you encourage us to thrive, not just survive in our capitalist economy while acknowledging that this system does not meet the needs of so many in our country. Hmm. Thank you, Anonymous. Okay, Anonymous says, I've got specific questions about saving for a special needs child. One of our children is autistic, still very young. High functioning, but we want to make sure we save enough so they can live comfortably when we are gone, especially if they're not able to find sustainable work as an adult. Here's more about us. We're in our mid-40s. We started saving late, partly because we worked in very low-paying passion jobs for many years, partly because we didn't know much about financial planning. Okay. Wow. Things have changed here, Mark. They now make three hundred fifty grand a year combined. Yowza. Holy smokes. Anonymous says, we hope to maintain that amount until we retire, which will probably be never because we love our work. They live in a high cost area. Between them, they have saved 400 grand in 401ks and IRAs. Two rental properties, they have combined equity of 450 grand. My God, the rent covers all the costs on the properties. They have a $330,000 mortgage on the house they live in. They plan to stay there. They're fully funding their retirement plans. They contribute to their kids' 529s. Partner will have a pension when he retires, which comes with health benefits. Yo, that's good. We should have paid off the last of our debt student loans in the fall of this year. We did have a lot of debt. We've been aggressively paying it off in the last few years. Can I just have a note here? 
You know, sometimes when you have a lot of debt and you're the type of, of family that pays it off aggressively, you become amazing savers. That's what's fascinating. You can really make that transition as long as you've got that discipline. It's that discipline. All we do is we shift it from paying down debt to saving. And that's where I think these guys are. Okay. They have term life insurance, half a million bucks each. Big unknown is how much, how much it will take to support elderly parents and a special needs sibling as these folks get older. They're the responsible ones in our families. So they're going to bear that burden. Parents are all on fixed incomes that often do not cover their expenses. They currently, meaning anonymous and spouse, currently contribute 20 grand per year. Okay. Well, there's that. Mark is just pointing out that that is a very first generation, second generation thing. And I get that. I I totally do. All right. So here's the question about the special needs child. After our debts are paid off, we want to save at least $50,000 a year towards this. Should we start an investment account? Since we both plan to work until we're at least 70, as long as we're able to, we hope to actually not use much, if any, of our retirement savings. We should be able to do this with social security, pension, and rental income. Can we consider our retirement savings strategy a way to save for our child's sustainability? Should we get long-term health insurance now to make sure we won't dip into retirement funds in case we need significant medical assistance in our old age? Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Okay. So first things first, I think you're going to need to see an estate attorney and an estate attorney will help you create what's called a special needs trust. And that trust will be really the one, the vehicle that holds whatever savings investing or whatever have you for this child. These are very tricky documents. You must deal with somebody who's had this experience um, in, in his or her career. So you can't just go to, you know, the person who did my real estate closing is going to now draft this. No, because there are rules around how you leave money for a special needs child, especially if that child is not going to be able to support him or herself going forward. So I think that's number one. I'm not sure that you need to save the towards this. I think it's just a question of when you create an estate that a certain portion of your assets were set aside for this special needs child. And that, again, the attorney will help you with. It sounds like you're amazing in terms of your ability to help your relatives. But at some point, you're also going to have to be not just the responsible ones to your bigger family, but also to your nuclear family. I think your first visit will be, again, to an attorney. Right. So Mark, wisely, I, so the part of the reason you do a special needs trust is that the trust allows the child to receive any benefits that he or she might be entitled to down the line. And sometimes when you just leave assets straight out to someone who's special needs, it will maybe disallow them from receiving a Medicaid supplement. So this is why you need an attorney and this is why a special needs trust is really the most important thing. Okay. Kevin writes, I'm a retired state of Connecticut employee collecting a pension who, while employed, contributed to a 457 plan. Now, Kevin says, I'm currently employed full-time in a new job. How about that? Kevin's wife is also a state employee 
Now she's a stay-at-home mom to our 10-year-old. We're both in our 50s. The money has just been sitting in the accounts growing, falling with the market. $140,000 in the 457, $100,000 in my wife's retirement plan. We have no need for this money other than to pay for our son's future college education. Knowing that, should we keep the money in the respective accounts and withdraw as needed in eight years, or should we do something with it now, taking a tax hit? Or maybe a combination of both. I know that I can withdraw from the 457 without penalty. I don't believe my wife can from her supplemental retirement because she's too young. So they make 130 grand a year. They've got two Roth IRAs. They've got a stock account. They've got savings. Stock accounts got 200 grand, savings 100 grand, no mortgage, no credit card. So here's what I would say. Number one, you make $130,000 a year. So what I think might be interesting is that there you are in your 22% tax bracket. Maybe you should convert your wife's supplemental retirement account into a Roth. Maybe you should start doing that. You would take the money out, pay the tax that's due because you've got money here. I see that you've got, you know, you've got some stock account money, some savings account money. You could do a little bit at a time. Don't pop yourself into the 24%, but at the 22%, kind of a great idea. And then, you know, the thing that's interesting is that for your retirement account, I'm not sure I necessarily would convert it. You could also, but let's let's start with your wife's just because it's easier. And then you won't have to worry about anything in terms of accessing the money. One of the things that is going to be interesting is to see like what happens to the kid. Like where is college? How much is it going to be? Do you have other money that's available for funding college? Maybe you won't have to pull the money out of your old 457 plan. But I think that hers that $100,000 in the alternate retirement program, that is ripe for taking a small amount, converting it every year, staying in that 22% tax bracket. And then it's nice and tidy also. Then all of her money is all Roth money. I kind of love that. And then in your plan, your old plan, you know, you don't, I don't know how old is this kid, 10 year old kid. So it's eight years from now, you know, you can maybe see whether or not you want to use that 457 plan or alternatively, as I said, you may want to just pay it out of cash flow. Let's see what happens with the kid. All right. Jay writes that uh, I am 56 years old. I was curious if it makes sense to have a traditional brokerage account, 401k, and then also contribute to a Roth 401k. I think I'm a semi-high income earner. I've got, uh, uh, let's see, about 1.4 million bucks in uh, traditional brokerage and 401k together. Um, I want to contribute over the next 10 years into a Roth 401k. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I like Roth money. Gang, the whole point of the Roth is that you know what your tax liability is. And that to me is really helpful. Jim writes, I enjoy listening to your podcast every day. We're a married couple 63 years old with plans to retire this year. We've got a boatload of money and liquid assets. I'm not even going to say the amount because people are going to go completely insane. Let me just say it's a lot of money. It's more than it's, it's millions, not million. Okay. So no, don't haters do not write me. We enjoy good health. And this past year we each purchased hybrid long-term care insurance policies 
with a $240,000 provision that we can receive um, if we want to terminate the policy. It was difficult to get clear guidance in the need of long-term care insurance. We chose to err on the side of caution. We purchased the policies knowing that we wouldn't be locked in forever if we changed our minds. What do you think? Okay, obviously, so I will say the amount. They got over $5 bucks saved. And the answer is you don't need long-term care insurance. However, now that you have it, you can see how things go, but like you can self-insure. The reason why you would have long-term care in this situation, it's almost just saying like, I want to preserve my portfolio. I don't want to have to dig into it, but I don't know. You probably never needed it. You have it now. Don't blow it out. Do not blow it out because it's too expensive to get out of it right now. And it also depends on the premium cost, but it doesn't sound like it's a terrible decision. It's just unnecessary. Who needs long-term care insurance? You know, if you've got a little bit of money, you know, maybe less than a half a million dollars, three, five hundred thousand dollars, it's not terribly important to go out and buy long-term care insurance. It's awfully hard to qualify. It's very expensive. If you've got more than a couple million dollars, you self-insure it. The people in the middle, they have different choices to make. It still may not be worth it, but maybe you purchase enough long-term care or buy one of these hybrid products for some portion of what you think your care could be. So if you have long-term care questions, shoot us an email because I know those are toughies. Kirk writes, I'm 57. I've accepted an early retirement offer with the last day of work will be April of 2021. I'm 57. My wife is 54. I make 180 grand a year. My wife makes 100. She continues to work full-time for the next three years, then go part-time for two more years. I plan to start a part-time hobby business, maybe 30 grand a year for the next five years. I've got a 401k with 1.6 million. My wife has a 401k with 225. I plan on taking my pension in a lump sum and then putting it into an IRA rollover. Total lump sum would be 1.325. I calculated the return on 100% survivor inflation adjusted annuity, $3,110 monthly to start, and the return is under 3%. Am I making the right decision? Here's a little bit more. I was planning on retiring at age 62 with no debt. I'm five years early, and so I have some debt that I'd like to pay off so I don't have those expenses or worries. So a mortgage of 155, a home equity loan of 20, two vehicles of 40. We'd like to stay in our home for another five to 10 years. We just made improvements. Value is 420,000. Should I take a one-year tax hit, pull from the 401k to pay off debt? I understand I will not pay any pre-59 and a half penalty since losing job and keeping my money in the 401k? Or am I smarter to try and keep in a lower tax bracket and just take out a lesser amount, maybe pay off all but mortgage and take just enough to cover mortgage for a year so I don't have to worry about that expense in our new retirement budget? Are there other options I should consider? Thank you. Big picture, no, don't pay off the mortgage. You don't have that. I mean, you've got money, but you don't have that much liquidity and I don't want you to pay the tax. I don't know how much money you're going to need to live on. The pension that you have, so it looks like you have a $1.6 million 401k, and then the lump sum pension is $1.325 million. I'm not saying that it's the wrong thing, but I'm just saying that a pension, depending on where it's from, is a guarantee. Even if you just said, oh, it's just 3% or, you know, it would seem to me that having a guarantee of three grand a month is kind of nice. The return of 3% 
think of it this way. You're saying, oh, I could earn more than that. I might look at it differently. I might say, if the 10-year treasury is at 1% and you can get a guarantee at 3%, that is a pretty darn good deal. So I would reconsider that lump sum of the pension because now there's a burden that you would have to actually manage the money to get the uh, return of, say, let's call it 6%, you know, or 5%, and then you're going to have to take the money out. And that's not so easy when you're really trying to do that. If you feel comfortable managing it or you have someone else managing the money, there's a cost to that. So I might think about it this way. In my mind, I would say lump sum, no, I probably would look at trying the, at least looking at the calculation as saying like, what would it feel like to have three grand of monthly income, social security, social security, have most of my needs met, and then the 401k with the 1.6, your wife's 401k, all that money you can manage and not have to worry too much. I kind of like that. And no, I wouldn't necessarily pay off the mortgage right now. I would pay off the, the vehicles, sure. And the home equity loan is fine, but it doesn't sound like you have a lot of money outside of retirement assets. So every decision you make is a tax liability. So just be careful with that. Okay. I hope that helps. Is that it, Mark? That's it for the show. Goodness gracious. How did that happen so fast? Well, hey, thank you guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you've got a question, send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Don't forget to go to the website, jillonmoney.com. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It is free. It happens weekly. And Mark's the best because he does all of that. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and please try to lift somebody else up today. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.